0: The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. (laughs) Good evening, friends of the inner sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Radio Theater. In the air dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater, a special three-hour presentation with
1: Pearl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All righty, it is uh, almost nine minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater Program 385 in the series. It's May 11th, and to my right is the ultra-vivacious Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey,
2: Carl, what's going on? How
1: are you, Dimpley? I'm
2: great. How are you? Yeah, Yeah. I'm good. All good. Yeah,
1: and you know what? I
2: know a lot of things. I don't know what you're you're getting at at this one. We
1: have, (laughs) uh, you know, with Mother's Day being tomorrow.
2: Well, it's like in 51. One minute. This
1: is true, but tomorrow is uh, tomorrow.
2: Tomorrow is tomorrow. Tomorrow is tomorrow. tomorrow.
1: We have uh, one Mother's Day show on this yes, edition. It's too. the Harold Perry Show, which is the second episode. But we're going to start things off with Escape from 1947. Then it's the Harold Perry Show. We've never aired one of these. You're going to hear what uh, Hal Perry sounded like when he left The Gildersleeve Show, to appear in his own produced show called The Harold Perry Show. And then it's straight Arrow Good Western, all coming your way uh, here on the WGN Radio Theater till 2 o'clock in the morning. Sound good?
2: Yep, and we have a picture of Harold Perry on our Facebook page, so you can check that out with the fun facts.
1: All right, well, all of this begins right after these words. All right, you know what, Lisa? What, Carl? You're going to have to do all the talking on this edition ...of the WGN Radio Theater. You know why? I
2: have no problem with that, Carl.
1: But you know why?
2: Uh, Because... My
1: mouth is going to be filled with chocolate cake.
2: Oh, that's okay, too. Because Um... one of our
1: most amazing listeners sent over a chocolate cake that is to die for
2: it is that it is just that it is rich and delicious and we're going to be eating that um during the show during That's, the show people I'll, ask us what do we do during the yeah. video shows so we're going to be eating we chocolate eat cake. cake i'm going to post a picture of that on facebook because it's too beautiful not to post so we'll we'll uh, post a picture it's, of our beautiful you know where cake. it's going to be in, even
1: more beautiful in, in my stomach, stomach. Yeah, and everybody I don't know here if that's is,
2: actually going to be having, beautiful. <laughs> but <laughs> and
1: everybody here is having a piece. Yeah. Roe had a piece. Shanta had a piece. Dan had a piece. Uh, we offered uh, everybody here a piece of cake. David, so so and nice. Roger. Oh my gosh! Thank you, thank you, thank you for that cake. Uh, we have a text in line three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We love getting your texts. Please text us. We'll be here to two o'clock in the morning, and we do have a Mother's Day show tomorrow as well. Life of Riley. Good Mother's Day program. But right now, it's Escape. We're going to go back to November 12, 1947. This is The Young Man with the Cream Tarts, and it stars Paul Freeze, Part one now of Escape.
0: Started your Christmas shopping yet? Worried about where the money's coming from? Want to get away from it all? We offer you escape. You are seated around a green felt table with a dozen desperate men, waiting for the turn of a card. If it's the ace of spades, you will be next and you desperately desire the impossible. Escape. Escape. Produced and directed by William N. Robeson, and carefully plotted to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Tonight we escape to London of the last century, a London of gas lights and handsome cabs. A London where a gentleman still valued his word of honor above his life. A London of which one terrifying incident is recorded by Robert Louis Stevenson in his unforgettable story, The Young Man with the Cream Tarts. Oh! Board. City seems to offer little amusement tonight. Well, bottoms up. Let's be on our way. Righto. Your help. And yours
3: gentlemen, please have a cream tart. It's absolutely free. My compliments. Madam, <laughs> will you honor me? Say
0: Well, now, what's this? A young man with a tray of cream tarts. He's giving them away. Well, perhaps one of the turns on the bill. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> Shall we go? Yes, yes, let's.
3: I pray you accept this confection, for if you do not, I'm bound to eat it myself. You must be crazy. I was never more sane. You refuse? I do. And there's nothing for it but my 27th tart since 5 o'clock. Mm now there are but two left you sir yes will you so far honor an entire stranger truly really excellent pastry I should know I've eaten enough of them
0: it is not the nature of a gift that is important but the spirit in which it is offered the spirit sir is one of mockery mockery and whom do you mock myself
3: however my purpose at the moment is not confession but rather distribution of these cream tarts won't you
0: and your friend dispose of the last them? yes yes on one condition if my friend and I eat your last two cakes, we shall expect you to join us at supper. Supper? It's a horrible thought. I've already eaten two dozen of these pastries. Very well, then we shall omit supper
3: and become better acquainted over a bottle of wine. Well, I'm uncertain whether my repugnance for these two remaining tarts or the attraction of your invitation compels me, but I accept.
0: Excellent. Then let us finish off your pastry and seek a more quiet place. How about Michelle's in Soho? Splendid. Shall we go? <laughs>
3: Excellent restaurants, excellent wine, and two excellent friends. I drink to your health.
0: And we drink to yours. Uh, I'm sure you will understand my curiosity. But, but you are curious. Naturally. Although I suspect that your story is probably a silly one. Oh, indeed. You may rest assured that we are two of the silliest men in England. My name is Godall, Theophilus Godall, and my friend here is Major Alfred Hammersmith. I like you, Mr. Godall. And you, Major Hammersmith,
3: though I suspect those are not your right names... It is of
0: no importance. Exactly,
3: nor is my name, so I will not divulge it. Although I see no reason why I should deny you my story, it's brief and foolish. Pray tell us, then. It's an oft-told tale. A modest fortune which I squandered in the usual ways at Cards, the horse races in Paris. Then two months ago I met a young lady exactly suited to my taste in mind and body. My heart melted. I was in love too late. Yesterday, my solicitor warned me that I had but a hundred pounds left in the world. Forty of these I used last night for a spatial purpose, and I have agreeably spent the day disposing of the remaining sixty pounds in as foolish a manner as I could devise.
0: And the future?
3: The future has been taken care of by the forty pounds.
0: Is it not odd that we three should have met by the merest accident in so large a wilderness as London, and be so nearly in the same condition? Yes. Major Hammersmith, I was thinking the very same thing. What's this? Are you two also ruined? Is this
3: bottle of excellent wine the last folly, like my cream tots?
0: Very nearly so. I'm perhaps a week behind you. I still have a few banknotes in my wallet, however. Here now, this bill will take care of the bottle of wine, and the others I throw into the fire.
3: Oh, no. You shouldn't have burned all of them. You should have kept 40 pounds.
0: 40 pounds? Why? Why not 50 or 70? For, to my certain knowledge, there were more than a hundred
3: in his wallet. It was only just 40 pounds he needed. But without them, there is no admission.
0: The rule is strict. What do you mean? I have not yet completely emptied my pocketbook.
3: You are not fooling me. You are indeed ruined men, like me. Oh, indeed. Could you muster 80 pounds between you? Well, let me look in my wallet. Yes,
0: 80 and a little over.
3: Then you are indeed most fortunate. Forty pounds each is the initiation fee of the Suicide Club. The Suicide Club? What the devil is that? The Suicide Club is death's private door. It's the ultimate convenience in our modern world. It exists for unfortunates like us. Those to whom the painful agony of corrosive poison is distasteful. or those whose courage fails them when the cold muzzle chills the forehead for those whose fear of drowning is greater than their compulsion to die. For these sensitive misfits, the Suicide Club ranges every detail. If you are truly tired of life, I will introduce you tonight to a meeting, and I can assure you that within the week you will be relieved of the burden of living. What do you say? It's more serious than a cream tart, and I suspect more palatable. More serious, certainly. So I... I wonder if you would give Mr. Godal and me five minutes alone to discuss it. Certainly. I shall wait
0: outside. Your Highness, this adventure must stop here. Nonsense, Colonel Geraldine. I propose to see this through. See it through to what? Death? You forget your obligations, not only to yourself, but to your country. Prince Florizel, of Bohemia cannot risk tonight I am plain Mr. Godal. And so I propose to remain. And please remember, Colonel Geraldine, under no circumstances are you to betray my incognito. But, Your Highness. We have survived graver adventures than this one promises to be. And now, Colonel Geraldine, let us pay our bill and accompany our young wastrel to Death's private door. Gardner, box
4: Court.
3: Gentlemen, we have a ride. Here you are, cabbie. Keep the change.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. Hey, come
3: on. Well, Mister Godow, Major Hammersmith, there is still time to change your minds. Lead on, sir. My mind's made up. And mine. Follow me, then.
0: As dark as a tomb. An apt and concise simile.
3: Here we are, gentlemen. At death's private door. Shall we enter? Pray, let's. You may hang your things in here. Should be good enough to wait, I shall call the president.
0: Of all our follies... This is the wildest and most dangerous. I'm beginning to believe you're right. Let me beseech your highness not Do not, not to... forget you are my aide de camp, Not your father. Yet I am responsible to the king for your well-being. Colonel Geraldine, you're not afraid. Certainly not for myself, but for your highness. Shh, shh, quiet.
3: The president will see you in his office. I have vouched for you, but you must give him honest answers. The indiscretion of a single member might lead to the dispersion of the society forever. He can't afford to take that risk. Follow me. In here. He's waiting
5: for you.
0: Good evening. I am told that you wish to speak to me. We have a desire, sir, to join the Suicide Club. Sir, you've made a mistake. This is a private house, and you must leave it instantly. We have come here upon the invitation of a friend of yours. He's already told you of our desires. And believe me, sir, when one has come this far along the path, one is not likely to be turned away and certainly will tolerate little rudeness. Permit me to assure you, either you will oblige us in the matter, or you'll regret ever having admitted us to the premises. (laughs) Well, now, that's more like it. This is no place for men not yet desperate. I believe you, sir. But what of your friend? My reasons are even more cogent than Mr. Godall's. I, uh... I was cashiered out of my regiment last week. Why? Cheating at cards. I see. And you, sir, what is your reason for being tired of life? Unadulterated laziness. Don't trifle with me, sir. You must have a better reason than that. I have no more money, and I'm much too lazy to come by any. Hmm. If I did not have a great deal of experience in these matters, I would turn you down but I have learned that the most frivolous excuses for a suicide often cover a deep and lifelong desire for self-destruction. Thank you for your understanding, sir. Very well. The business. I shall read you the oath of membership to which you will each subscribe. I swear to obey without question the instructions of the president of this association or any of his appointed deputies. Realizing that desirable death could scarcely be a penalty for violating this oath, I am aware that any violation will be met at the discretion of the President by those means deemed suitable by him. Namely, excommunication from the Church, loss of whatever honor still attaches to my name, and or, when necessary, violent reprisals against my bereaved family. In full knowledge of the sacredness of this oath, I subscribe my name. Well, gentlemen, you are in a position to enforce those penalties. I am... Hand me the pen. My friend. The pen, please. Major Hammersmith. Thank you. That will be 40 pounds apiece, please. Here you are. Thank you. And now, would you like to join the members in the smoking room? Indeed, we would. This way, please. (coughs) Just make yourself at home. Everyone's quite informal here. If you'll pardon me, I have some other matters to attend to. Come along, Major. Let's mingle with the company. Your Highness. Be quiet. Oh, there you are. You got in all right, I see. Naturally. You'll never regret it. I'm sure we shan't.
3: Too you care for a game of billiards, or
0: perhaps some whists? No, not immediately, thank you. I'd like just to wander around and listen to the conversation. You'll no, find
3: it most revealing, gone. you
5: understand. She had always stood in the way of anything I wanted to do. And I don't care if she was my
6: mother. She crossed me one time too often. You may be sure that I would never have
7: joined this no. wretched club if I had not but read The Origin speak. of the Species by Darwin. I could not bear to be descended from an
0: ape. Certainly, Too I ghastly understand. to
4: bear you. There know. are some
0: men who cannot abide the restrictions of the monastery. And after the abbot discovered me, there was nothing I could do. It's I, incomprehensible I to, to me. What is? Why, this talk, this boasting, this self-justification. If a man has made up his mind to kill himself, let him do it like a gentleman be done with the matter. As I told you, there are some of us more frightened of the act than of the result. There's only one man in this room who does not seem to be in a state of hysteria. Who is that, Mr. Godon? By uh, the gentleman sitting on the divan. Oh, yes. Yes, Mr. Malthus. Would you like to meet him? Yes, please. These others are too obvious. There's nothing very subtle about Mr. Malthus. He looks like death himself, wearing thick eyeglasses. Let us discover for ourselves the reason for his relaxation. Uh,
3: Mr. Malthus. Eh? I should like to present two new members, Mr. Goodall and uh, Major Hammersmith. How do you do, gentlemen? How do you do, Mr. Malthus? It's a pleasure, sir. Uh, Won't you sit
5: down? (laughs) Newcomers, (laughs) newcomers. I envy you the novelty of your first visit. (laughs) You will learn to relish it if you are spared. Why, my dear sir, this club, gentlemen, is the temple of intoxication. If my health would permit it, you may be sure, I would be here more often. For this is my last dissipation. Believe me, sir, I have tried them all. All the vices. (laughs) Yes. People trifle with love and ignorantly call it man's most powerful passion. Nonsense, sir. Nonsense. Fear. Fear is the strongest passion. It is fear that you must trifle with if you wish to taste the intense joys of living. Envy me, sir. Envy me. I am a coward. Oh, how, sir, is the excitement so artfully prolonged? Oh, uh, of course, of course. I must tell you how the victim uh, for every evening is selected... ...as well as the member who is to be death's uh, high priest for the occasion. Great heavens. You mean they kill each other? The guilt of suicide is removed in that way. Then I,
0: or my friend, or you, any of us... ...might be selected this evening to murder another man?
5: Exactly. But how have they escape the attentions of the law? Ah... Uh, Uh, The ingenuity of our president knows no limits. The uh, departures always appear to be accidental. Why, it's monstrous. On the contrary, my dear Major.
0: It is godlike. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, But, Mr. Malthus,
5: I am still in the dark as to how the members are selected for the evening's work. Oh, of course, I, i forgot to explain... But I see that the others are filing into the card room now. and The play is about to begin. You shall see for yourself. Uh, will you lend me the help of your arm? I'm quite paralyzed, you know. Oh, of course. Uh, thank, thank you. Uh, ah, this is the moment which I live. The quintessence of poignancy. The ultimate of passion. Coming here as infrequently as I do, I, I've savored this bitter taste of fear longer than the others. But my turn will come. Who knows? Perhaps night. But how is it done? Tell us what to expect. Oh, it's so simple. The president deals from an ordinary deck, playing cards, and each man turns up his card as he receives it. The ace of spades, the card of death. The ace of clubs designates the official of the night. The murderer. If you like. Uh-huh. Here are three chairs together. Happy, happy young men. You have good eyes and can follow the cards. I only make out the faces.
0: Is everyone here?
5: My friend, yes, yes, we yes. still have a fighting chance to escape. Quiet. Let us play the game.
0: Attention, gentlemen.
4: Three clubs.
1: All right. That's the first portion of The Young Man with the Cream Tart, starring Paul Fries on Escape. This is the classic story about the Suicide Club great performance by Paul Fries. His voice is just amazing. It sure is. He played Boris Badenoff. That's on the, where uh, I yeah, knew yeah, I was. Boris, Boris <laughs> that voice okay. It's a yeah. gorgeous voice. Just amazing. Yeah, he did a ton of cartoon work, and he was on a lot of these radio shows, and uh, we'll get back to Escape in just a few minutes.
7: Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf.
1: Thanks, David. It's 11:40 uh, here on a Saturday night, just uh, 20 minutes before Mother's Day. Uh, we're listening to "Escape" with the young man with the cream tarts. You know, if you get the Ace of Spade, it means death, Lisa. death. So don't get the Ace of Spade. Let's get back now to "Escape."
5: Jack of Hearts, Ten of Diamonds king of clubs. Queen of hearts.
0: Three of spades. Nine of clubs. Six of spades.
3: Oh, no! No!
0: No! It's our young man of the cream tart. No, He's drawn the ace of clubs.
3: I came here to be killed, not to kill. I... Gentlemen, I,
0: not murder. I, I must to caution the members die. against such unseemly oh. outbursts. No, no, I don't, I don't want Since to the ace of spades has not yet turned up, I will continue the deal. Oh, no.
3: Yes, no.
0: I don't want Eight of hearts. Uh. Seven of clubs. King of diamonds. Jack of spades. Ace. Oh, spade. <laughs> Mr. Malthus. That concludes the play for the night, gentlemen. Will the member who drew the ace of clubs come to my office for his instructions? <laughs>
7: Did your highness ring?
0: Yes. Good morning, Roderick. Good morning, sir. Oh, uh, I shall have my breakfast in bed this morning. Yes, your highness. And Colonel Geraldine has been waiting for you to awaken. Oh, very well. Show him in.
7: Thank you, your highness, sir. Uh, Colonel, his highness
1: will see you now.
0: Good morning, Geraldine. Sleep well? Not too well. (laughs) Did I dream it or were we initiated into the suicide club last night? Seems like a nightmare. It was a nightmare, but you didn't dream it. Here, look at this, the morning paper. Huh? Melancholy accident. This morning, about two o'clock, Mr. Bartholomew Malthus of 16 Chepstow Place, Westpen Grove, on his way home from a party at a friend's house, fell off the upper parapet in Trafalgar Square fracturing his skull. Death was instantaneous. Mr. Malthus, accompanied by a friend, was engaged in looking for a cab at the time of his... If ever a soul went straight to hell, it was that poor paralytic. Yes, at least he's dead and out of it. But think of our young man of the cream tarts. Last night that lad was as innocent as you and I. This morning he is a murderer. Uh, Thank heavens we're safely out of it. Are we? Oh, no. You're not going to return. I must. You are infected with a passion of fear just as poor Malthus was. Perhaps. Whatever it is. Tonight, once more, we take our places at the table of the suicide club.
4: Good
0: evening. Good evening, Mr. Goodall. Back again to try your luck? Yes, indeed. And Major Hammersmith? Good evening. You uh, you are to be congratulated, sir, on the matter of Mr. Malthus. Very neatly handled. (laughs) Thank you. But I shall miss poor old Malthus. He was a man I could talk to. Yes, your bereavement must weigh heavily upon you. Indeed it does, sir. But then it's all in the game. And now you will pardon me. We will sit down to play directly. The fiend. The foul fiend of hell. Steady, my friend. Once more, let me plead with you. Leave this evil house before it's too late. You're very tiresome tonight. Oh, oh! here's our young friend of the cream tarts. Good evening, old chap. Oh, Mr. Godard, Mr.
3: Hammersmith. Oh, how I wish I'd never brought you to this infamous place. Oh, leave. Leave while your hands are still clean.
0: But our oath. We could not go back upon our oath.
3: But renounce it. Forget Everything. Let them do their worst, but leave. Leave before it's too late. If, if you could have heard the old man scream as I pushed him from the parapet, the crunch of his
0: brittle bones as he thudded to the basement. Yes, I, I perceive the dealing is about to begin. Shall we go in? Yes. Yeah.
3: Mr. Mr. Godard, if you have any kindness in your soul, wish the ace of spades for me tonight. There's
0: nothing left for me but, but to die. Attention, gentlemen. Three of hearts. Queen of space. Ace of diamonds.
3: Times around and neither black ace has come up. We are just thirteen. This at the table. This fourth round. This will this will tell the
0: tale. Huh? And I am next to last.
4: Ace Of course.
3: only four more gods king of spades oh pray for me mr godal pray for me i have one chance in three pray that i get the ace six of time
0: and now i have one chance in two my friend don't silence Ace
4: of spades.
0: Very well. That concludes tonight's play, gentlemen. Oh,
3: well. oh, Mr. Goodall, I'd give a million if I had it for your
0: luck. <laughs> I would sell you this card, for much less if I could. Well, well, Mr. Goodall, my congratulations. I am pleased to have met you, sir, and to have been in the position to do you this trifling service. At least you can't complain of delay. Yes, yes. And now, before I leave forever... I should like to ask a question, a purely hypothetical question, of course, since I am not a man to go back upon my word. but you wonder what would happen if you did if upon the turning of the card, you had changed your mind and now wished to live? precisely, Suppose my friend Major Hammersmith and I elected to ignore our oath, Suppose we began by tearing this place apart. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't even get started. The guests themselves are desperate men, but if they did not stop you, the servants, who are even more desperate, would. You would never leave this house alive. I see. Well, it was purely an academic question. Naturally. Very well, then. What are my instructions? You will proceed along the strand in the direction of the city, on the left-hand pavement, until you come upon a black carriage with drawn curtains... In this carriage will be the member who has tonight drawn the ace of clubs. My executioner. Your collaborator in suicide. You will enter the carriage, and he will continue your instructions. Please have the kindness to obey him in every detail. The authority of the club is vested in his person for the night. I wish you a pleasant walk. Thank you. But first I must say farewell to my friend, Major Hammersmith. I regret that is strictly against the rules. No farewells. Too disturbing for the still living members. You will leave through this side door to the workroom. But I must have... We eye. won't have any trouble now, will we, Mr. Godall? No. No, of course not. Your coat and hat. Your stick. Thank you. Again, Mr. Godall. A most pleasant walk. death's private door. Why didn't I listen to Geraldine before it was too late?
4: All right, what fire. is this? If you know what's good for
5: you.
0: My instructions are to meet the coach in the strand. You'll take this coach right now. Get in Go with me. All right. Take this one away. <sighs> Your Highness will pardon the violation of his person. Geraldine. Oh, my friend. It was quite necessary under the circumstances. As soon as you turned up the ace of spades, I slipped out of the house to prepare for your escape. But how did you manage it? When I realized I could not dissuade you from attending the club tonight, I retained the services of a certain capable and reliable private detective. But I... His secrecy has been bought and paid for. His men are now raiding the Suicide Club. The members will be removed to your townhouse, where it remains for you to pass judgment upon them. That I will gladly do, and with the utmost dispatch. What have they brought us here for? They didn't look like Scotland Yard Men to me. What difference does it make? Perhaps this will be a quicker way out. Gentlemen,
3: why, why that's my friend Major Hammersmith,
0: His Royal Highness Prince Florizel of Bohemia. Oh,
3: that's Bohemia. Why that's Mr. Godin. Always thought there was something odd about those two.
0: Gentlemen, tonight we have removed you from a house of death to a house of life and hope. Those of you who have come to your present condition through lack of fortune, will receive employment and remuneration from my treasury. Those who have been driven to this unnatural solution of their problems by the agonies of guilt must find amnesty from a power greater than mine. Power that eternally promises the forgiveness of sins, no matter how grievous. Only one of you is truly evil, and him I shall deal with myself. Where is he? Where is the president of the club? Colonel Geraldine. Why, he should be here, Your Highness. I'm begging Your Highness's pardon. Who's this man, Geraldine? The chief of the detectives. Yes? What is it? Was you referring to the sallow chap with the sod whiskers and the black suit? Yes, that's the one. The oh. president of the suicide club. Where is he? The idea. Why not? Well, when we broke into the little office down there at the club. We found him sprawled over the desk with a little empty bottle in his hand. He'd committed suicide.
7: Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson. And tonight brought to you The Young Man with the Cream Tarts
0: by Robert Louis Stevenson adapted for radio by Mr. Robeson with Paul Fries as Prince Florizel Bill Johnstone as Colonel Gerald and Martin Yarborough as the young man the special musical score was conceived and conducted by Cy Feuer next week after you've put in a tough day at the office or leaning over a hot stove when your four walls seem to be closing in on you Next week, when you want to get away from it all, we offer you Escape.
7: This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
1: That is uh, The Young Man with the Cream Tarts, starring Paul Frees, from November 12, 1947. You know, uh, William Conrad was the announcer on this. In the beginning of the show, he said um, that the story was written by Robert... Louis Stevenson I heard that and uh, and then later this announcer said Robert Louis Stevenson I believe it is Louis I like think Louis it is like Louis Eighth and that type I think of thing I think it is
2: although I've yeah. heard it both ways so well we just heard know. it both ways exactly <laughs> so we've show. all heard it both ways I'm pretty sure
1: it's Robert Louis But uh, our listeners will know the answer, because our listeners are the smartest listeners in all of radio. So you can text us, 312-981-7200. But first, uh, we have to play some spots, but we have much more classic radio coming your way. In fact, in our next hour, it's the Harold Perry Show, then Straight Arrow on this pre-Mother's Day edition of the WGN Radio Theater, stick around. All right, uh, in our next hour, Harold Perry and then uh, and his show, the Harold Perry Show. Uh, it was also called. It had two names. It was called the Harold Perry Show. It was also called Honest Harold, and that was a show that he left Gildersleeve. Two-star in that program. And then we have Straight Arrow after that.
2: And we're also going to do a Real or Ridiculous at the top of the next hour. And we're yes. going to give away a Lou Malnati's gift certificate. So yes, stay tuned are. for that as well.
1: And don't forget, folks, you can join the Classic Radio Club for only a dollar the first month. Get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. And, you know, I was thinking about this, Lisa. I not only write liner notes for these shows, but many... If not all of the shows that we um, we put in the Classic Radio Club, they're not going to be available for air or in any other way that we uh, put them out. They're only they're kind of exclusive for the club. So when you join the club. You get, like, the best of the best, these shows that are, like, real gems that I'm finding from the 100,000 shows we have in the collection. So, folks, if you're a classic radio lover, you should uh, look into the Classic Radio Club. You can go to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com. And Lisa gets them digitally sent to her now. I
2: do. I'm kind of excited. I had I made the change yeah. from the CD to the so, digital uh, download, and I'm very happy with that. She went to therapy. I,
1: and, had, and I've
2: changed and she's myself. Decided and
1: to change your whole outlook on life. I'm
2: being reborn. She went reborn. from
1: CDs <laughs> to the digital version.
2: Yeah, it's the new me.
1: Yeah, wow. I'm I like feeling this. really
2: good about. I the like new me. the
1: digital too, but Mike likes the CD. So yep. people, you know, whatever you like. If you like CDs, they're available. Ten shows on five CDs in a collector case each month sent to your door with the liner notes, or you can have them digitally sent to your email. Uh, Ten shows, and they are always in tremendous superior sound quality because they're from the master recordings, and you will also get all the liner notes. So all of the information you could join for the first month, only a dollar. Get ten shows at uh, ClassicRadioClub.com. The website has all of the information. All right, we have the Harold Perry Show coming up after the news, then straight arrow and uh, happy Mother's Day, Lisa. It's exactly Thanks, uh, one minute after you're Mother's the, Day. Yeah,
2: you're the first In- person into Mother's to Day, have I should uh, say. wished me happy Mother's Day. Other than our listeners, I had a lot of texts, so I do appreciate that as well. Did
1: Dan get you something for Mother's Day or your kids or anything like that? Well, of
2: course, but I haven't received that you quite yet. It.
1: Oh, you didn't get it yet. You'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. or, t- or today, later today. Later today. All right, well... Uh, I-, I do
2: like presents.
1: Yes, <laughs> I know.
2: Like a child. <laughs>
7: Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolfe.
1: It's 12.07. Thank you, David. And it's Hour 2 of the WGN Radio Theater. It's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. This is your day, and uh, have a great day. Lisa, happy! Mother's I'm
2: I'm dad. hoping so. Thank you. Yeah. I, hopefully, relaxation is Gosh, in store. <laughs> Lisa has
1: uh, four children. Yeah. Wow! Didn't you have a hobby at all when you were married?
2: Yeah, having children. Yeah.
1: I just <laughs> might, have, might have needed to take up knitting or something. Knitting, you know? yeah.
2: I'll take that under advisement. Four
1: kids. It's a lot Like it's a, a lot million of dollars a kid is what it costs nowadays. Oh,
2: I'm sure we spend more than that. So let me you do know, the math. college alone Four is kids, crazy. a million
1: dollars a kid. That's four. That's <laughs> four million dollars. <laughs> that
2: was good. You pulled out your advocates <laughs> <your laughs> for that hey, one. Hey, you know
1: what? I had some good math teachers.
2: I, I know. At
1: East Leiden High School. Didn't
2: you have a crush on one of your math I teachers? I
1: did. I did. I Recall. I had a crush on her. Yeah, I recall. She's out there. She listens. I so. bet. Yeah, I'm
2: sure she's listening right now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she was a very nice teacher. I liked Good. her a lot. Good. Yeah, she was very pretty.
2: I bet. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> well, in this hour, we're going to play our game. Is we it real are. or is it ridiculous? Yes,
2: our celebrity is Shirley Temple. Yeah, do you know her,
1: Shirley Temple Black?
2: <laughs> and I'm not talking about the beverage.
1: Yeah, I'm I have about the
2: celebrity. Uh, when
1: I have a Shirley Temple, I always have a little liquor in there because oh, not supposed is to. Is there such a thing as a, a Shirley scoff-law. Temple with liquor? I'm a scoff law.
2: Is that a thing?
1: No, I didn't think Shirley so. Chili Temple is no right. liqueur,
2: exactly at all. Nice
1: and clean. But I don't like to play by the rules.
2: Oh yeah, you're a big, you know? uh, big deviant, huh? <laughs> a rebel over here. I'm a,
1: I'm a scofflaw. I'm a okay. uh, ne'er do well.
2: I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to talk to your mom about that. All right. All right. And we're going to be giving away a Lumel Nautis gift certificate for twenty five dollars. Wow, that'll be
1: good. It will. I be good. A Lou, We had a Lumel Nautis today. My son and I. Well, Lumel Well, I have
2: to tell you that my daughter and I have a thing. And we every Monday we watch the Bachelorette. It's starting again this Monday, and we order Lumel Nati's pizza. It's a tradition. Yeah. So unfortunately, I here's can't.
1: here's the here's the great thing. We've been on this radio station four years. Yes. We've ordered hundreds, hundreds of Lumel Nati's pizza. Us. Not one. We've never had one never. free gift card. Nope. We nothing. get these gift cards and we give them all out to Isn't our that listeners. A shame? We have <laughs> never taken. I swear, not even it's true. one for ourselves. No, I know. Because but if, they're if, for
2: the listeners. Right. But if we could, we would. It's too just that we don't have that. No, that was a rule,
1: and I like to break and you rules. Don't like to but follow the rules. I am not going to get in trouble, and I'm not taking a gift card. Oh,
2: you wouldn't get in trouble now, I'm would not. you?
1: I play by the. I don't Wait, get in any trouble. You're confusing trouble. me. You're, in trouble. No, not you're, when it comes to this station. You know what? You're going
2: to get in trouble right you know now because we're going to be running late if you don't stop. This was my
1: dream to be on you're this radio station. I know. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> my whole this was my dream to be on this radio station. Know, I'm not messing too. it up by taking a Lou Alnatis gift certificate. All right.
2: Are you done? Right now. All right. Let's do you,
1: Hey, I'm going to do <laughs> my bad talking. guy voice. You ready? Hey, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna take one of those twenty-five dollar gifts at the You're Olympics. gonna get
2: in trouble because we're gonna run over. Alright. So I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. We're gonna take the fifth caller. Fifth. Call right now. I said fifth.
1: I'm taking the fifth.
2: I'm taking the fifth. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Call right now, take the fifth.
4: Come home, baby. baby.
2: Alright, we're gonna play a little real or ridiculous with Ed. We've got him on the phone. Hey Ed, how are you?
7: Hi there, you two. <laughs> Hi, how are Hi, you? Ed. I'm
1: doing great.
2: Good, glad to have you on the phone with us. Uh, we're gonna do a little Shirley Temple, and here we go. Mm-hmm. Carl's an excellent lifeline. Number, you know what one. a
1: uh, Shirley Temple with some alcohol in it is, right? It's a called a dirty, dirty Shirley. Shirley. Yeah. Somebody
2: let me know that from Oh, the I, yeah, line. I, knew that. oh okay. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. See, that's what I know about alcohol. All right. A lot of nothing. Number
1: Give one. Give Dirty, Shirley. <laughs> Have
2: you ever tried that? No.
1: What? I don't drink. I don't drink alcohol. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. Number one. In 1967, she ran for the House of Representatives as a Republican candidate. Real or ridiculous?
1: We'll go with real. Well, here's the thing. I know she ran for office, but Lisa's so sneaky. I'm guessing she switched Republican with Democrat. See? That's what I think. But, uh,. No, I'll just I'll I'll go with uh, Ed because he sounds very intelligent.
2: Well, that's a good idea. Ed knows what he's talking about. I switched nothing. That is absolutely true. That was she in California. She is very sneaky. Not so sneaky. She right needs Ed? a
1: drink named after her called Sneaky Lisa.
2: I'll take that one. That one I'll taste number two. Her hmm? face appears three times on the cover of the Beatles album Yellow Submarine. Real or ridiculous.
0: Yellow Submarine. I'm gonna go with ridiculous.
1: Mm, I'm gonna disagree. I think she is on I think she is on the cover.
2: All right. Ed knows what he's talking about. It's ridiculous, but I will tell you that it's on the cover of the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club wow. Band see, album. See,
1: you see what I'm see saying what about I'm her. Saying, see what I'm saying. See about what he's her? got to
2: deal with. Ed. See what I'm talking about. I'm Ed. telling you,
1: man. Well, all right, I
2: didn't hear the sound effect. Ed got go. it
1: right. <laughs> I got it wrong.
2: Okay, Ed, you're you're two she for two is here. Just
1: too much.
2: Yeah, I'm just too much. All right, Ed. Her mother did her hair in pin curls for each movie. Every hairstyle had exactly 56 curls. Real or ridiculous? <laughs> oh <my God.
1: laughs> Talk about, uh, uh, what do you, what do you call that? Uh,
2: I don't know what you're trying to say.
1: Uh, <laughs> what's that, what's that? disease that you have when's a,
2: a disease you know <laughs> that disease <laughs> no, what it's like a about.
1: disease anal retentive no it's not a disease what do you call that i have no
2: idea what you're trying to say but i don't uh, have it whatever it is ocd
1: go with ocd with real, just for sake of OCD. Time we're gonna go with real <laughs> thank you Ed. isn't ocd a disease <laughs> it's a disorder for, yeah it's a disorder it's close all right it's
2: a little <laughs> off but you're really close. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hand grenades and uh, and horseshoes.
2: <laughs> Again, you're right on. All right,
1: I'm going to agree with Ed.
2: Good idea, Ed. You know what you're talking about. Three for three. Carl, you were close, but Ed, uh-huh. you are the big winner. Way to and go, for Ed. time's sake, as he says, we're going to give you a Lumel Natis gift certificate. Lumel Natis is home of Chicago's very best deep dish pizza. Our favorite because Carl and right, I ordered of all today. the time. That sounds great. Find other, one of the 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online at loomelnotties.com. Thank you so much for playing. You did a great job, and you got a great Thanks, Way time. to go,
1: Ed. Love you guys. Thanks, Take buddy. care. All right. Are you ready for the Harold Perry show?
2: I sure am. Well, I'm excited to hear little, it. Uh,
1: little background info. Uh, this was a situation comedy series. Came to radio for only one season in 1950. Harold Perry... As you all know, everyone listening to this show knows Harold Perry originated the role of Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve on the Gildersleeve series. Well, what happened was, in 1950, CBS was able to lure him away from NBC, because Gildersleeve was on NBC, lured him away, said, hey... Here's what we'll do. We'll create a show around you. You can be one of the producers. You can be one of the owners. They really wanted Mm -hmm. to do this with him. He left like a top-rated series. And then Willard Waterman, of course, stepped into that role. Willard Waterman ended up playing Gildersleeve for many, many years on radio. And then... Even the television version. So if Hal Perry would have stayed with Gildersleeve, he would have not only played it for a lot longer, but been on television. Probably he moved over to this show, and it was no mm, good. It was yeah. kind of a flop, and only lasted. Well, it just never gained an audience. You know that can happen. Uh, Hal Perry starred as Harold Hemp. He was Honest Harold, host of a radio program called The Happy Homemaker. That was the concept of this show. Hemp would interact with his mother and his nephew, um, a marshal and a doctor, along with a switchboard operator and his girlfriends. It was kind of, uh, I don't know, it was kind of a little, you uh, well, yeah, you'll yeah. get to hear yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm excited um, about
1: you'll it. Hear, just, you'll hear it. It's a, its a kind of a Mother's Day show, so I thought I'd play it. February seventh, 1951, Part 1, now of the Harold Perry Show. The Harold Perry Show.
0: Show. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And now, Harold Perry as Honest Harold the Homemaker. Well, it's the end of another day in Melrose Springs, and its good citizens are wending their way homeward from work. And chugging home in his 36 Essex is the town's most popular radio entertainer, Honest Harold. Uh, uh, well, it'd be kind of nice to get home. Think I'll just stay in with Mother tonight.
8: Maybe I can finish that new book I've been reading, The Egg and I. <laughs> See, that reminds me. I'm supposed to stop at the market and get a dozen eggs. I can just find a place to park. Oh, there's a place right up there. I'll hurry up and pull in before somebody else... Oop! There's another car trying to beat me to it. Just a moment there. I saw this place first. <clears throat> Still backing up. Oh, I'll show him. I'll get in there before he does. Hey, look out! Oh! <laughs> right into me. What's the matter with you up there?
4: Where's that sonny?
8: No. Oh Old man Walker in his 33 Rio. He's the most irritating. Nice Would you mind moving ahead, Mr. Walker? I saw this parking place first.
4: Why'd you say? I
8: guess I'll have to go up there and talk to him. Lucky my headlight didn't fall off like it usually does.
5: <laughs> Mr. Walker? Oh, howdy, sonny. What's going on back there? I thought I felt something. <laughs>
8: Naturally, you felt something. You backed into me. I did? Yes.
5: Oh, I thought it was funny when my chewing tobacco jumped right out of the glove compartment.
4: <laughs>
8: oh, my goodness. And look at my car back there. You put a
0: dent in it.
5: Let's see. I put a dent in that car? How can you tell?
4: <laughs>
5: hey! <laughs> Just a minute, Walker well, You better get that heap off the street, Sonny Tonight's can night
8: <laughs> um, <laughs> Look here, Walker That
0: car isn't so old It's a late 36 I say I said 36 If
5: you can get 36 bucks for that jalopy You better take it uh,
0: I'm in a hurry Are you going to let me in that parking space? Sure, I don't want the parking space What?
5: I was just practicing backing up Oop,
8: you scared my headlight off What say? Nothing, goodbye Another piece of pie, Harold No thanks, Mother That third piece kind of filled me up
6: uh
8: Oh, that was a wonderful dinner. Uh,
6: thank you, son. Uh, Harold. Yes, Mother? There's, uh, there's something I ought to tell you.
8: Oh, what's that?
6: Well. Oh, you'll think I'm silly.
8: Mother? <laughs> what is it?
6: A gentleman is calling on me tonight. What? <laughs>
8: well, Mother. <laughs> a gentleman caller. Well, I think that's wonderful. Where'd you meet him?
6: Oh, I get
8: around. Who is this Gay
0: Lothario?
6: Oh, he's my leading man What? Yes, we're going to be in a play together Our old folks group is giving it, you know The Sunny Side of Seventy Club Oh, yeah
8: Well, that's kind of cute What's the play called, Mother?
6: uh, The name of it is um, Penelope from Pawtucket Oop (laughs) And I play Penelope Uh I'm in love with the captain of a whaling boat Roby Dick Roby Dick Mm. (laughs) Oh, Look out yonder, out the window. Hmm? Is that a ship out there?
8: Looks like the can box to me.
6: <laughs> Robbie Dick, you've come back. You've come back. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh, <Good> brother. <laughs> I was only acting, Harold. Yeah, I'm glad you told me, <laughs> And then the captain and I have a very romantic scene. Uh, We hold hands and watch the sunset together. (laughs) Mother, you sound like you're taking that part kind of seriously. (laughs) Well, uh, my leading man is rather charming. Oh, who is he? Well, his name is... Mm -hmm. Oh, there he is. Will you let him in, Harold? I want to put on my butterfly brooch. I'll be right in.
8: Yeah, Mother's pretty cute, all right, primping up like that. New friend must be quite a chic. Wonder who he is.
5: Well, hello, Sonny. Zeef.
4: <laughs> Mr.
8: Walker, don't tell me your mother's leading man.
5: Sure am Captain Roby Dick. Haul yeah. out the fishing nets, men. I see a mackerel. That's you, Sonny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <brother. laughs> well, nice place you got here. Glad you like it. Since your mother and I are In this play together I guess you'll be seeing A lot of me
6: Uh, That's
8: Ducky
5: I say Uh, I said I'm
6: very lucky (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess you are Good evening, Mr. Walker Well, hello, Mrs. Hemp (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're looking lovely this evening Oh, thank you Oh, uh, Harold Uh, Have you met Mr. Walker? Oh,
8: yes, Mother We bumped into each other downtown
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very good
5: Yeah,
8: thank you very much
6: Oh, Penelope. Yes, Captain Dick.
5: I brought you a little something. A bag of peanut brittle.
6: (laughs) My, that was sweet of you. Oh, it wasn't much. (laughs) It certainly wasn't. (laughs) Uh, Sit down, Mr. Walker. Well, thank you, ma'am.
8: Oop, Taking my easy chair.
6: It's
8: a wonder he doesn't smoke my cigars, too.
5: See, you got some cigars here.
0: Might have a smoke one. Oh no! Go right ahead. Take two. They're Uh, small. (laughs) Thanks.
6: Yeah, I'll take one for the road.
8: I wish you'd
0: take the road.
4: (laughs)
6: Well, I have the script. Shall we start to rehearse, Mr. Barker? Okay, Penelope. Shall we do the romantic
5: part first?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds
4: like Errol Flynn at ninety.
5: Sonny. Eh? What? Isn't it getting past your bedtime? No, no, I usually
8: stay up till nine
5: o'clock. Well, okay, yeah. stick around. You'll see some real acting. Chautauqua talk with style. Yo, yeah, oh. <laughs> <clears throat> there's a storm a brewing tonight. batting down the hatches, man. Think they'll hear me in the last row?
0: I think they'll hear you in Charlieville.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, heavens to fishhooks. My sweet Penelope waits for me, and here
0: I am, miles out to sea. This is terrible. This is where I leave the boat. <laughs> <laughs>
8: be Dick. All people mother had to be in a play with him. Be awful if she got to like that laughing hyena. Well, that's ridiculous, of course. Long as I'm on the loose tonight, though, might as well drop in on the dancing academy and see Theodora. Uh, Hope my little dancing teacher is in. Mm? (laughs) War times need tuning. (laughs) Who is it? Uh, It's Haroldy, Haroldy. Oh! (laughs) Goody-woody. <laughs> Gee, we play cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Hello, Harold. Hello, Theodora. I thought you were going to stay home and read a book tonight. Well. I know. You just couldn't stay
8: away from your little Theo. Well, could be y'all. Oh.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Besides,
8: it was a little crowded in our parlor this evening. <coughs> Mother's rehearsing a play with old Mr. Walker.
5: Oh, isn't that cute? Well,
8: yes. (laughs) Kind of a romantic place, so it made me think of you.
5: Oh. What shall we do tonight, teddy bear?
8: Teddy bear.
4: (laughs) 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 I guess
5: it's a little late to go bowling or go to the movies. Mm -hmm. Looks like we'll just have to stay here and sit on the sofa.
0: Yeah. Too bad.
4: (laughs) Well,
8: shall we sit down? (laughs) All righty. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, Theodora?
5: Mm.
8: Mind if I turn the lamp down a little?
5: Turn the lamp down?
8: Yeah. There. I'm the man who came to dimmer. (laughs) (laughs) Had that written on my cuff. (laughs) Sorry the Laundry didn't get it now. But this is nice, isn't it? Two of us sitting here on the sofa, looking into each other's eyes. Guess this is what people used to do before they had television sets.
5: (laughs) Shall I get a little music on the radio?
8: Sure, what the heck. (laughs)
4: Uh,
8: Gee, that's pretty. I love Guy Lombardo. In dreams I kiss your hand, madame, your dainty fingertips, and while in slumberland,
4: madame,
8: I'm begging for your lips, I haven't any right, madame, to do the things I do. Just when I hold you tight, madame, you vanish with a night, madame. In dreams I kiss your hand, Madame, and pray my dreams
4: come true.
5: That
6: was beautiful, Harold.
8: Ah, uh, shucks, it wasn't anything. <sighs>
5: uh, You know, I think you
6: deserve a kiss for singing that song.
8: Well, I'm waiting. Here. (laughs) Think I'll sing another chorus.
5: (laughs) I think I'd better turn off the radio.
8: Oop, there goes Guy Lombardo. (laughs) Gosh, love is wonderful, isn't it?
5: Yes, it is. Harold? Yeah? I was just thinking of something. What's that? Well, I was thinking about your mother and Mr. Walker. Oh? Wouldn't it be wonderful if they fell in love and got married?
8: Married? But, Theodora, they hardly know each other.
5: Well, it could be love at first sight.
8: Not at first sight of Mr. Walker.
5: (laughs) Sometimes when people are in a play together, they get very romantic. Oh? Oh, wouldn't it be cute if you went home and found out they were engaged? Engaged? Oh, no. And just think... Day, Mr Walker might be my father in law.
8: Your father in law? Hey, that makes him my father. Zeef, see you later, Theodora.
4: Where are you going, Harry? I'm going home to
8: mother before she marries father. I mean
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> So on a rating of one to ten, Lisa, I'd give this like a three.
2: I don't think the writing was terribly interesting. I know his character was the same. As I mean, he plays on the great. There's still another sleeve.
1: fifteen minutes uh, so we'll to see. judge, but you know, you got to remember there were hundreds and hundreds of radio series during right. the golden age of radio, right? Not all of them could be great. This one well, never. This one just never attracted an audience. And it was gone in one season.
2: Yeah, so I guess we're not alone
1: <laughs> in that.
2: <laughs> but then again, you know, even when we play great stuff, what we think is great here, there's yeah, always people that know. love it and people Text that Text us. We'd love to know what you things.
1: think of it. 312-981-7200. It's interesting to hear him doing really the Gildersleeve voice and right. character laugh, and laugh everything, right. on a completely a, different, a different,
2: on a different series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Dave's <sighs> interviewing Christian Stoltz. Christian Stolte was in nearly every one of our Twilight Zone radio dramas. Christian Stolte, one of the best actors to ever come out of Chicago, just a tremendous actor. I interviewed Lives him here. once
2: as well um, yeah. for a, a theater, for a show he did Great here in Great guy,
1: tremendous personality, terrific actor, and uh, Christian was in uh, my all my Bible projects and pretty much in almost every episode yeah. of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. Once he... Uh Claire Simon. I I was introduced to Christian Stolte through Claire Simon. She um she said you got to you got to meet this guy. He's a great actor. And man, when he auditioned, I was like, okay, are you ready? You're going to be booked for like the next seven years as I'm doing these shows. He was amazing on all of them. Roger, what's the weather like in Schaumburg? I said Schaumburg. Yeah, Schaumburg. Yeah, but so is the weather pretty similar to Schaumburg, in Schaumburg? <clears throat>
7: Don't you have a theme song to play? We do. We do.
1: Thank we you. We
2: can cut that right off because yeah, Schaumburg was way more did. important. No,
7: I said Schaumburg. Thank you. Back to <laughs> WGN you. Radio Theater in with Schaumburg. and Lisa Wolfe. I'm tickling the
1: ivies here, can you hear me, Roger.
7: <laughs> yeah, they slapped you back too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what do you think of this Harold Perry show? Are you yeah, listening to this at all? It's Wonderful. No? You like it? Yeah. All right. I'm not so crazy about it. Well,
7: I mean, it's, it's, it's the oh, same he's character. Now. It's the same character. <laughs> well,
1: as the great Gildersleeve.
7: He's still doing the same bits. Yeah. So it it kind of has that same feel. hmm. But, you know, I did not know that he had gone on to this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's why you need to listen to this show. Yeah, I, I learn all and, about
1: classic and radio. And I'll
7: learn more about it if you get right back in. You know what? I'll learn you something. <laughs> You'll learn me something? I'll you learn you. you got
2: ya. nothing else to do, do you, Roger? Yeah, I'll learn you you. i got
7: a plane to catch.
2: <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I bet you do. Actually, Lisa... <laughs> I'll Lisa, be on there with you.
1: <laughs> Lisa had a very g- a good comment. We we're c- not off the air. Um, she said to me, but it's good that we play... You know everything. I mean, well, right. The great stuff, the not so great stuff, mm-hmm. because that lets our listeners get a better perspective of what the golden age of radio was. It exactly. wasn't always phenomenal. There were there were things that were kind of clunkers. But it was. also
2: teaches a little bit about what you like and what you don't, and what shows sure. you appreciate, and you learn a little bit along the way. Just like, like television, fine. there's
7: some shows that only last a year, two years, and then there are shows that last you know fifteen, twenty years, and, right. and they're more talked about. But the golden age of radio, it has been lost to time, with the exception of your show. And so people who remember that time... Want to re-experience the entire thing, not yeah. just one or two shows, as you say. Yeah, not the more popular ones. You, yeah, you understand? what I'm That's saying?
1: absolutely right.
2: I don't yeah. understand what you're saying.
1: <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's interesting. So and we then, then we'll on get on back there. into the show. I just want to make a, one comment. Yeah. Growing up and listening to these shows, you know, because I was mm-hmm. collecting them. Obviously, I started listening to these in 1975, so they were already way going oh, yeah. off the air. Yeah, I was collecting these shows over the years. I would, I would listen to some of these programs like, I'm going to give you the title of one. Okay. Vic and Sade. All yeah. right. Now, Vic mm-hmm. and Sade, when I first started listening to Vic and Sade, mm-hmm. I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard in my life. I was like, I don't even know if I want to collect this show. Right. Well, you, I now listen to Vic and Sade, think it's one of the most brilliant shows ever written. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I guess, when and, you know, time in your life when you're hearing these shows. I was much younger then. Now I can appreciate the writing. The same thing with the Stan Freeberg show. When I first Mm -hmm. heard the Stan Freeberg show, before I even knew Stan Freeberg, I was kind of like, this is silly. I don't get this. It's kind of... Then, as I got older, I appreciate it. In fact, I liked it so much that when... Art Fleming, who was the host of my show at the time, um, he unfortunately passed away, and I was like, "Well, I have to hire another name." Mm-hmm. And Stan was, you know, Stan was available, and I, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to get to now work with this genius, sure. Stan Freeberg, And for years, he was the host of my show, my syndicated show. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you just, I guess, it's when you listen to them, right? Uh, what age and, and you are, and also the time in
7: history. In other words. Vic and Sade, when it first came out, everyone who listened to that could relate to it because that was the time that it it aired, and they grew up. You, at first, you weren't growing up in that time when you were younger. Yeah, and and like you said, it wasn't until you got
1: older and could understand. Yeah. the situation. Put it in perspe- perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because Vic and Say yeah. really is one of the most brilliant shows of all time. It
7: is so laid back. So it's, great.
1: It's it's, it's very natural. Great. Yeah, very it's natural. incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Roger. All mm-hmm. right, let's, let's get back now to the Harold Perry Show. <laughs> Or hurry home Wonder if Theodora Could be right
8: Mother did blush a little When he handed her The peanut brittle I Suppose mother did marry Mr. Walker I'd have to call him daddy No sir I'd run away from home 1st i I'd get a job Stacking soap chips At the laundromat
0: I wouldn't have him... Hello, to... Harold. Oh, hello, Doc. Howdy, boys. Well, Pete. <laughs> what are you two doing around here? Oh, we just dropped by your house, Harold. Yeah, but you wasn't there. No kidding. We we saw a friend of yours in the parlor, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Walker. Oops. He's an awful sweet fella. He gave us both the cigar.
5: <laughs> oh, that was real nice of him. Oh. <laughs> and Harold, Harold, you should have seen him and your mother. They look so cute. Sitting there on the sofa? Yeah. <laughs> they were rehearsing a scene from the play. I guess it was kind of romantic. They was holding hands. Oop. You know, it, it kind of reminded me of that Shakespeare play where Romeo
0: took Juliet into a restaurant. What? Yeah. You know Romeo'd what Juliet?
5: Mm. <laughs> 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 is that is <a> doozy. <laughs>
0: yeah, it certainly
5: is. You know her. You know, it it looks to me like your mother and Mr. Walker kind of stuck on each other.
0: What? Yes, I do declare one of these days you're liable to hear a radio newsflash about that romance. Now, Pete.
5: Scoop, my first exclusive. What mother of what young crooner will soon middle-isle it with what man about town? (laughs)
4: Fellas,
8: cut it out.
0: Now, you're exaggerating this thing. You're not going to... They're not going to get married. Well, I think it'd be real nice, Harold. A grown boy like you needs a father. I do not. Yes, you do. He'd tuck you in bed at night and tell you the story of the three bears.
5: Fuller. He might even sing you to sleep. Climb upon my knee, shiny boy. Though you're only three, shiny boy. This
8: is what killed Vaudeville. Peter, big help. The awful little mother did fall for Mr. Walker.
4: Mother!
6: Oh, hello, son.
8: Hello. Uh, Where's Mr. Walker? Oh,
6: he left, Harold.
8: He did? Uh, He left early. That's a good sign.
6: I'm just clearing away the cocoa cups. (laughs)
8: Look at Mother. What am I worried about? She's too sensible to fall for a character like Mr. Walker. Sure. And I thought she might want to marry him. Ridiculous.
6: (laughs) It'd be so nice to have a man around the house. (laughs) You... So nice. Mother, it's so nice to have a man around the house. Mother, don't sing that. One who'd hold my hand a little and who'd bring me peanut brittle. <laughs> <laughs>
8: boy, just call me Sunny Boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, honest Harold is spending a sleepless night Every time he closes his eyes, he sees his mother married to the irritating Mr. Walker And this is a nightmare to Harold It's two o'clock in the morning now And we find Harold flopping around on his bed like a tortured dolphin
8: Uh, What a night I think I'll turn over on my stomach (laughs) Darn it, now my feet are cold my booties slipped off again.
4: <laughs>
0: I just got to get
8: to sleep and forget all about Mr. Walker. Just close my eyes and count sheep. One little sheep, two little sheep, three little oop. That one looked like Mr. Walker.
0: <laughs> hey, God, how long is this
8: going on?
4: <sighs>
8: yeah, I am getting a little drowsy. I think I'm going to make it this time. Good night, Harold. Sleep tight. Well, look at my little sunny boy.
3: Tucked
5: away in bed.
3: Zeef,
8: whatcha for?
5: Want daddy to tell you a bedtime story, sonny? And
8: a mm-hmm.
5: Once upon a time, there are three bears...
8: <laughs> Go away, Walker. Go away. Anyway, I know that story.
6: Good morning, Station Case, J.P. Just a moment, I'll connect you. Uh,
8: good morning, Gloria.
6: Oh, good morning, Harold. How's your mother?
8: What? Oh, she's fine.
6: How's Mr. Walker?
8: Now, see here, Gloria.
6: When's the wedding? What? Oh, you're going to make an awfully cute flower girl. Oh.
8: Gloria, just because they got a little crush on each other doesn't mean that they're going to get married. After all, mother's past the impulsive age.
6: Well, people are never too old to fall in love, Harold. Uh-huh. I know a couple, well, they're both 85, and they fell in love at first sight. They did? Yes. Fifteen minutes after they met, they became engaged.
8: Engaged? You mean he gave her a ring?
6: No, he gave her his Townsend button. It- But they didn't stay engaged very long
4: Oh, they didn't?
6: No, two days later they eloped
8: Oop, you say they were
6: 85? Yes
8: Gosh, I'd better watch Mother Gloria She's only 63 No telling what a kid like that'll do (laughs) Good idea, mine, coming home for lunch Kind of keep an eye on mother and see what she's up to. A fine thing, playing detective with my own mother.
6: Mother, I'm home. Oh, Hello, Harold. You didn't tell me you were coming home for lunch. Well, I
8: just thought I'd sneak—I uh, mean, come home and surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
6: nice. Uh, how are things, mother?
8: Read any good books lately? What? I mean, what have you been doing all
6: morning? Oh, a little dab here, a little dab there, and a rubber dub dub in the tub. <laughs>
8: Didn't find out much there.
6: Oh, I did get a phone call from Mr. Walker. You did? Yes, and we had an awfully nice talk. <laughs>
8: yeah. And what did you talk about?
6: About, uh, 20 minutes. Yeah.
8: Mother's pretty cagey, all right.
6: Mm-hmm. Oop, there she goes again.
4: Mm-hmm. I
8: think that's what she's singing. <laughs> Mother?
4: Yes?
6: If there's anything you want to tell me, Mother, don't be afraid. I'll understand. (laughs) Well, I do have something to confess, Harold. You do? Uh, Here it comes. Yes. When I was sweeping under your bed this morning, I broke a wing off your model airplane. Oh,
8: Oh, that's all right, Mother. Just an old P-36. <laughs> and I thought they were going to lope.
6: Well, Mother, how about lunch? All right, son. I'll fix it right away. And then I have a busy afternoon ahead of me. Oh, is that so? Yes, I have to pack my suitcase. Huh? I told Mr. Walker I'd be all ready when he comes by for me. Eve? If... And, uh, oh, Harold, huh? uh, is that old ladder still out in the garage? <laughs> Why, we want to use it tonight. Zoof Well, I'll get you lunch now Never mind, Mother I think I'll just take a hot bath instead Pete and
0: Doc I want to thank you, fellas, for coming to this meeting. I certainly appreciate it. Oh, it's all right, boy. I was right here in my office anyhow. Well,
5: I was glad to do it, Harold. Thanks. Yes, sir. When I got your phone call at the dog clinic, I said to myself, my old friend needs me. So I dropped my flea powder and rushed right over. <laughs> well, that's certainly very nice of you, Yes, Doc. sir. When a man's drowning and going down for the third time, who's there with a the life preserver? Old Doc Ant.
0: Yeah, all right, Doc. Now, the reason I called you fellas together is, well... It looks like my mother and Mr. Walker are going to elope tonight. Well, congratulations, huh? And my felicitations to you, boy. Uh, fellas, you don't understand. I want your help. Okay, boy. I'll hold the ladder. Uh, <laughs> stop the clowning. This is serious. You're only kidding, Harry. Fellas, I wouldn't mind my mother getting married, but Charlie Walker. Imagine hearing that laugh
8: around the house all the time.
4: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
8: Stand stand I've got to stop Mother from rushing into
0: this She'd make an awful mistake I just thought you fellas could help me figure out some way To stop them from eloping And well, Now let me see Man, we...
5: I-, I got it huh? I know how we can stop the elope. You do?
0: How, Doc? Yes, sir Doc Yancey's come through again What is it, Doc? Uh-oh. Doc
5: Yancey, you're so clever <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop taking bows and tell us your idea? <clears throat> well, the thing to do in a case like this Is to sabotage the getaway car
3: How's that, boy?
5: Well, now when Walker parks in front of Harold's house tonight, we'll just cross a few of his wires on his car and he won't be able to get away at all.
0: <laughs> Say, that'll fix his magneto. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: That's a great idea, Doc.
5: Oh, it wasn't much. All I did was save the day, that's all.
8: You certainly did, Doc. We'll sneak over to my house as soon as it's dark, fellas. Honest Harold has just begun to fight. Mother shall not elope tonight. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's my house, fellas. It's nice and dark, too. Nobody can see us. In fact, I can't even see you. Fellas, are you still with me?
0: I'm right here, Herr. Where's Pete? Pete?
4: Boo! <laughs> <laughs>
8: will you, Pete? Walker will hear us out here. Is his car here, Herr? Yeah, there it is. Parked in my driveway. Just like you owned the place
0: already. And there's the ladder against the house, like I told you, at hmm? Mother's window.
5: Well, we better get to work on the car before they come down.
0: Yeah, okay, Doc. Shucks, fellas. I'm starting to feel kind of sentimental about this elopement. I think I'll just tie my shoes on the bumper and leave.
4: <laughs> Pete, <laughs> go on, Doc. <laughs> I'll
0: pull up the hood, Doc, and be quiet. All right. Yes, sir, it's a good thing I thought of this idea.
5: <laughs> Whenever you're in trouble, Harold, you just come to Yeah, me.
0: pull up the hood. Oh. Gosh, can't even see the motor. Pretty old car. Maybe he hasn't got one. Guess we'll just have to feel around here. Yeah, well, hurry up. i will be coming down the ladder in a minute. See if you can pull a wire loose. Okay. Yeah. There. I'm pulling on something. Mm-hmm.
5: Feels like fan belt.
4: Teacher,
0: you're pulling my tie.
4: <laughs> beg your
3: pardon, boy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey! Huh?
0: I got hold of a wire. I'll loosen it up a little. Yeah. It came out all together. (laughs) You won't even run now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we better make sure and see what I can do. Oh, oh. here's something. (laughs) What do you know? I just got me a carburetor.
4: (laughs) 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 It sure is.
0: (laughs)
8: Well, what the heck? I might as well get in on this too. (laughs) Feel around in here. I got something.
4: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Look what
0: I got, fellas. The fuel pump.
4: (laughs) Cheap material.
0: Hey, you sure hit the jackpot, boy. (laughs) Here, hold it, Doc. I'll see what else I can find.
8: Haven't had so much fun since Halloween. Why,
6: Harold, (laughs) is that you out there? Oh, hello, Mother. (laughs) How's she doing, sonny? I'm stopping you from eloping with my mother, Mr. Walker. Eloping? Why, Harold, whatever gave you that idea? Huh? We're not eloping. We're just going to a rehearsal of our play. You're not eloping? But what about the suitcase, Mother? And the ladder? Oh, we're just using them for props. Props? That's theatrical language, Sonny. But... Well, we
5: better get started, Penelope. Harold, uh, better tell him about the car, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mr. Walker, I'm afraid you won't be able to go in this car of yours tonight.
5: That ain't my car, Sonny. It's your car. <laughs>
6: out there in the street. I had to back yours out of the garage to get the ladder. (laughs) If you boys will excuse us, Mr. Walker and I'd better get started. Very well, Penelope. Well, see you later, sonny.
4: (laughs) Harold.
0: Yeah? Here's your carburetor, boy.
5: (laughs) You better take your fuel pump, too. Thanks. See you later,
4: hair. So long
0: boy. <laughs> you have just heard the Harold Perry show, Honest Harold. The supporting players tonight included Jane Morgan, Carly Baer, Cliff Arquette, and Mari Alden, and featured Gloria Holiday as Gloria and Joseph Kearns as Old Doc Yak Yak. Norman McDonald directed, and the music was composed and conducted by Jack Meekin. Honest Harold, created by Harold Perry, was written by Gene Stone, Jack Robinson, and Dick Powell. Stay tuned now for The Bing Crosby Show, which follows immediately over most of these same CBS stations. And it's good, too. Bob Lamond speaking. <laughs> This is CBS, where you meet Mr. Keene, tracer of lost persons every Thursday night, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
1: All right, that's the Harold Perry Show, February 7th, 1951. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break, then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. This a commercial for a super beta prostate, Lisa, but then they call the, the, uh, the pill that you take P3. Like, why would they do that? I'm trying to pee less, and it's P3. Is Let
2: it the think? letter P, or is it spelled out P-E-E? It's, it's probably the
1: letter. That's I don't what know, I'm but, guessing. But the, but the pill you take is called P3. Right, like three I mean, times a day, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I... Th- they're you could t- just
2: make it like p three times no, a day. No,
1: three times. That's not very many times.
2: Exactly. That's why you take it. <laughs> All
1: right. <laughs> In our next hour, Straight Arrow, Good Western Adventure from 1949.
7: Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa
1: Wolf. Thanks, Roger. In this hour, Straight Arrow, Good Western from 1949. We're going to play our game. Is it real or is it ridiculous? Sponsored by Cats Pride. The
2: celebrity is Patrick Swayze. Okay, and I know we both knew him. Yes, we did. And uh, we're going to give away two tickets to the Porchlight revisit show, Minnie's Boys, which is at Porchlight Theater here in Chicago, May twenty second and May twenty third. About the Marx Brothers.
1: All right, call us at 312-981-7200. Which caller we're would you take like?
2: Caller number four. So call right now, and we will be right back. All right, we're going to get ridiculous with Gerald. Hey, Gerald, how are you? We got Gerald on the phone?
7: No, you have Joe on the phone. Joe. Oh, Joe, sorry. Okay. Hi, Joe. Little no Eric, Hi. How are you
1: guys? Great. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Sorry
2: about Hi. that, Joe. We're, we're happy to play with you. We're going to do a little Patrick Swayze. And number one. In the movie Ghost, the role of Sam was offered to Arnold Schwarzenegger prior to Patrick Swayze. Real or ridiculous?
1: Carl, can you help me out here? Oh, man. I, I think Lisa's being sneaky. I would say... I'd say ridiculous. Uh, that was my first ins- instinct was false.
2: Go with your instinct. You are right. That is false. Ah, did I... They did actually offer it to Bruce Willis. Um so yeah. that's not now that I would have Now that's definitely a different different person. Number two. Dirty Dancing was the only movie that Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Gray did together. Real or ridiculous?
7: Jeez, again, a poser here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not going to make this easy. You're going to have to work for these tickets.
7: There you go. I understand. Uh, I'm going to say
1: false. I think that is the only movie they did together. So I'm so going to disagree. I'm, I'm saying
2: Dirty Dancing was the only movie. So are you saying that's real I or think it's
1: real, yes.
2: Okay. And what did you think? Is that real or ridiculous, Joe?
1: Well, that's the only movie.
2: Okay. Okay. So that is incorrect. Wow. It is not the only movie. Wah wah! You got a sound effect there for well, you. Hang
1: on a second.
2: I did it for you. I just didn't do enough wah wahs. Um, they were in a movie called Red Dawn in 1984. Oh, yeah. You know that movie? Yes, I do. Oh, see, there you go. Mm. All right, one for one here. Number three, Patrick Swayze attended Joffrey Ballet School in New York City. Real or ridiculous? What do you
1: think, Jer- uh, Joe? I think that's probably true. I agree. I think it's true. That is
2: true. He absolutely did. He was a great dancer, and that is why... Um, Joe, you are a winner. You did a great job. I don't know what's a little echo here. Um, So you have won two tickets to Porchlight Revisits Minnie's Boys. It's playing May 22nd and 23rd at the award-winning Porchlight Music Theater. And we're going to take Chicago back in time in this look at the Young Marks Brothers at the Chicago premiere. You can get tickets at porchlightmusictheater.org. And thank you so much for playing the game. It was a lot of fun.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Terrific. Thanks, Enjoying Joe. The show. Appreciate you, my friend. All right. Big winner. Got you yeah, well, did got, a good job. You got two out of three? Yeah. All right. Not bad. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty darn I good. I it's think I easy. had nine in a row oh, at one point a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, something had like that. Not nine,
2: nine times, just nine questions.
1: Yeah, I got nine questions in a row. Yeah, well, That's, your
2: streak has well
1: broke. Oh, gosh. <laughs> By a long shot. <laughs> That's for sure. All right. Well, uh, it's time now. For Straight Arrow. Now, this was a Western that came to Mutual Radio in 1948. Now, this was all about the adventures of rancher Steve Adams, who, in disguise, Lisa, put on a disguise now, he became the Comanche Indian Straight Arrow. When bad people or other dangerous. Uh, uh Things threatened. He he would dress up as a Comanche Indian and kick some um, some dupa, some of that <laughs> some dupa. a straight arrow. He rode a Palomino named Fury and uh, he was an unparalleled horseman, master archer, quite skilled at hand to hand combat, too. In other words, uh, you didn't uh, mess with this guy. Okay. Sounds
2: a lot like you, Carl. Yeah,
1: Don't mess with him. <laughs> Howard Culver uh, played Steve Adams and the straight arrow, you know, because he dressed up as straight arrow. Gotcha. That's same, same guy. Uh, was sponsored by Nabisco Shredded Wheat. I think that's still around. Oh, that's good Nabis- stuff. Nabisco like Shredded Wheat. That's For still sure. around. Yeah lasted until 1951. It spawned a popular comic strip and a series of comic books. So, yeah, popular character, and it had a radio show for a while. So let's tune this in. Howard Culver stars in a show called Crooked Trail from July 18, 1949. Here's part one of Straight Arrow. Nabisco,
0: Nabisco is the name to know for a breakfast you can't beat. Eat Nabisco, shredded wheat. Keen eyes fixed on a flying target, a gleaming arrow set against a rawhide string, a strong bow bent almost to the breaking point, and then. Straight Arrow! Nabisco Shredded Wheat presents Straight Arrow, a new thrilling adventure story from the exciting days of the Old West. To friends and neighbors alike, Steve Adams appeared to be nothing more than the young owner of the broken bow cattle spread. But when danger threatened innocent people, and when evildoers plotted against justice... Then Steve Adams' rancher disappeared, and in his place came a mysterious stalwart Indian, wearing the dress and war paint of a Comanche, riding the great golden Palomino fury. Galloping out of the darkness to take up the cause of law and order throughout the West comes the legendary
4: figure of Rick Arrow.
0: During most of the year, only two trains a week came through Longhorn Junction, blowing their whistles and never stopping. But in the fall, Longhorn Junction woke up. The loading pens were strengthened. The rows of empty cars lined the siding, ready to take on the thousands of cattle that would be brought in off the range. The town filled up with buyers from the east, ready to pay spot cash. And along with them came other men, dishonest men, scheming to get their hands on that cash any way they could. I tell you, I got it all figured out, Slagle. You and me are gonna take over the Rockin' W Trail Herd and leave here with a fistful of cash. No, why don't we just hold up one of the cattle buyers? Ah, don't be loco, Slagle. The town's busting with lawmen. My way is better. Mm, how? The Rockin' W Ranch is a long ways off, ain't it? Old man Williams is down with rheumatism, so he can't even set a horse. He'll have to send somebody else as trail boss. You mean with the herd? you a long horn to sell the cattle? Yeah. Yeah, his foreman will handle the selling sure. Schlegel, there's a new cattle buyer in town. He's eager to buy, and he don't know one foreman from another. Yeah, I still don't sell him. It's right, simple. We just... Ah, hold on. Here he comes now. Uh, who? Who's that? That new cattle buyer I was telling you about. Now, you follow my lead, Schlegel. Don't act surprised no matter what I tell him. Well, howdy, Granger. Good morning, gentlemen. I came down to look at the loading pens. Won't be long before they're choked with steers, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Mr. Granger. I... Oh, oh, say. <laughs> Shake hands with Cal Slagle. How do you hey, do, Granger? You'll Mr. be seeing him again pretty soon. He's foreman of the Rock and W. Well,
4: that's uh, a
0: Yes, sir, the foreman. When he gets here with the Rock and W cattle, he'll sell them to you for a fair price. Won't you, Slagle? Uh, well, now, uh, Slagle, you will let me make the first offer, won't you? See, I'm new here, and the other cattle buyers have me at a disadvantage. I'll give you a fair price. Well, that's, uh, mighty nice of you, Granger. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be glad to deal with you. Several days later, far from Longhorn, the rocking W. cattle were ready to take the trail. Steve Adams and Packy, who had come over from the broken bow to help with the roundup, said goodbye to Williams and his trail boss, Bob Kincaid. Sure you and Packy won't come to Longhorn with the herd, Mr. Adams, Mr. Williams, would feel a heap sight safer having you two along with me. Now, Kincaid, you know I trust you. Oh, I'll get him to Longhorn, but I ain't used to dealing with cattle buyers, Mr. Williams. I might get cheated. You better not, boy. The whole future of my ranch is tied up in them steers. You don't have to worry, Williams. They'll bring a fair price know, there ain't no trick to it, Kincaid. Just shut the cattle buyers bidding again one another till you get the best offer, that's all. Yeah, but don't take any checks, boy. Remember that. It's gotta be cash, savvy. Hard cash. I'll remember, Mr. Williams. Alright,
4: you buckaroos. Start that herd moving. Ride him along. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Two days later, as the rocking W herd moved through a narrow pass. There they come, Slagle. Yeah, Denver, that's the rocking W right now if I can make out the brand. We got the trail crew out number two to one. Yep. All right now, gents. Just like Burley told me when I said adios, Longhorn, this is where we take rocking W
4: over. you set. All right. Put spurs to your horses. Swing plenty of lead here we go?
0: While heading for Longhorn Junction, the rocking W trail herd is ambushed.
4: All right, point, down. Before
0: Bob Kincaid can rally his men, Drago and his outlaw crew sweep down with guns blazing, pouring a hail of lead at the surprise tower. In a few moments, all resistance is put down.
4: All right, keep all right. that's it, gents. Tie him up
0: good. All that's left of him. Denver!
4: Yeah, right here, Sleagel.
0: You want me to head for Longhorn? Yes, fast as you can prod your pony. Tell Burley everything went off like clockwork. Tell him we will roll into Longhorn in three or four days. You know where to locate him. I'll find him. Adios.
4: Come on, boy!
0: Now, where's the foreman of this outfit? Which one of the foreman, boys? Right here, Sleagel. His name's Kincaid. Kincaid, eh? Well... Please uh, meet up with you, Mister. I ain't. If I wasn't tied up, I'd show you plenty. Gunning down my men, rustling cattle. Mister, Mister, you got us dead wrong. We ain't changing a single brand. All we're gonna do is collect the cash ourselves. Collect the cash. Yeah. You and your waddies will be kept prisoners. We got a cabin up in the hills. As for the Rockin' W Trail herd, when it pulls into Longhorn Junction, well, you'll make out like you're off a of Rockin' W. You sell the beef and collect the money. Why, well, you lottery son! Why, I'm Stop wrestling! you can't get loose. It's all over, but they're shouting. But Slagle and Burley have not taken account of one thing. When Steve Adams and Packy left the rocking W, they did not return to the broken bowl. Steve! Is the way to Longhorn Junction. Didn't you turn down King Tade when he asked us to go along with him? I did, Packy. He's trail boss, and it's better for him to stand on his own feet. But he's inexperienced when it comes to selling cattle, so I figured. You that... know, I savvy. This way, we'll be in Longhorn before the Rock and W pulls in. We just stick around, make certain don't get cheated. Is that it, Steve? That's it, Packy. In a town like Longhorn Junction, you never know what might happen. Get Hey, get along!
4: He arrived. Longhorn was bursting at the
0: scene. Cattle milled through the streets, raising dust that covered every house and storefront. Every had been off the range for the first time in months whooped and hollered, their pockets loaded down with pay taxes. Get out of the way, gents. I'm
4: a rip-turned snorter, and it's my night to hide.
0: The hitching rails were lined solid with horses of every description. Mustangs, Bronx, quarter horses. And as Steve and Packy finally tied up in front of the Alkali Cafe, they were almost pulled over by a late arrival.
4: Oh, hey, 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 what in blazes?
0: That Mustang almost stepped in my boot. What's your all-fired rush? Get out of my way, Waddy. I got no time for pilgrims. Pilgrims? Why, you lucky... Easy, in... Packy. Go ahead, stranger. I aim to, mister, without no orders from you, Steve, what'd you hold me back for? That high Simmer down, I... Jackie. Simmer down. We're <laughs> just in off the range. Reckon he's a mite honorary from being penned up too long. Yeah, busted right past without even a your leave. Uh, there he goes, into the cafe. Probably shoot up the town before he's through. Stop fretting, partner. It'll be a while before the Rockin' W gets here. Might as well get used to the... Now, that's odd. Huh? The horse that gent was riding. Oh, what about it? Just a plain buckskin? The brand, Packy. Here on his quarter. That gent was riding a rockin' W pony.
4: Hey, Denver, over this way.
0: Everything all set, Denver? Yeah, barely all set. Came straight off the trail. Everything went smooth as goose grease. He gunned down to them and grabbed the others. Schlegel coming in? Yeah, him and the boys. Hey, that cattle bar all fixed. Ranger. He's so eager to prove up to his company, he'll buy first and ask questions later. (laughs) Hey, I got something else in the bargain, Burley. Got me a right nice pony. Huh? Yeah, I lost mine in the fracas, so I took one of the rockin' W's. Who's plenty fast, too. (laughs) I got the
4: just... Uh, Denver.
0: Denver, that gent's looking at you. Who is he? I don't know, Burley. He was out at the hitching rail when I come in. Yeah, what's the matter, stranger? Your pardon is still around? You're trying i them, Ryan. No, Packy. We came in to ask a couple of questions. Questions? No, not for you, stranger. Miss Gent with you. Mister, is Kincaid in town already? Kincaid? He's yeah. a Denver. Uh, who is Kincaid? Why, uh, he knows. Foreman of the Rock and W. Foreman of the Rock and. <laughs> well, yeah. now, mister, I hear a gent named Slagle is a the foreman. Then you hear wrong. His name is Kincaid. Say, what's eating you two? You're off the Rock and W, aren't you? Never heard of it. Never heard? Packy. But you're po. Well, we made a mistake, gents. Sorry to trouble you. Timber, you look, quicket What did I do? You're saying you never heard of the Rock and W when your horse wears the brand? Yeah. You mean they spotted it? Didn't you hear the gent called Packy uh, right after the other one cut him off? Sure, they spotted it. They don't look like Roman. No. What can they do? I don't know, Denver. But with Sligo showing up soon, I don't to leave nothing to change. On your feet, Denver. I'll keep my eye on them two hombres just in case.
1: I'm going to keep my eyes on those two hombres just in case, Lisa. Yeah, I think
2: you should be on a, you know, like a Gunsmoke or Straight Arrow type radio show. You'd I be really good at that. Yeah, let me
1: see if I can do the accent. Like a tough guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my eyes on those two hombres, no matter what. You're an excellent, huh? you're an excellent you tough that? guy. That's pretty good, right? You're good at that. Ashley, what do you think? Was that pretty good there? Yeah, I thought that... Ashley by hands yeah, here. I thought that was pretty spot on. What do you think? Hey, listen, you... oh Here we go. Denver, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to take you to the pass, and we're going to cross the Crooked Trail. That's the name of this here... Radio show? What do you think of that? Huh? That's pretty good. That's it. Well, it's about as good I as I can do. close my eyes? It's about as good as I can do. You know, when I would, when I would uh, cast these people in the Twilight Zone radio dramas, and um, I was always blown away at how great, you know, because we used only the best actors here in Chicago and I and I, they would do the roles and I'd be like man I wish I could do that I wish I could act that good you Well, know?
2: and that's why we're going to hear Christian Salte talk about his like, experiences on with Dave Plyer you know, people think
1: I used to get this a lot. Oh, I can do voices. People would like yeah, people would come up be to like me. Not voices. not people that weren't making a living as an actor. You know, they were you know a garbage man or they uh, made garbage man. made pies or whatever. You know, they're a baker or this and that. And they they learned that I did the Twilight Zone. Oh, I can do voices. I was like, no, looking for people <laughs> that can act, <laughs> which is a skill. It's a tremendous, tremendous skill. Well,
2: you can these, appreciate it once you know how difficult. Let me it tell actually you something. Is.
1: Having directed these hundreds of people in these shows, it's amazing how great they are. I mean, just it's so hard to do this to do you know act in a radio I, I drama know, or on TV. I know. These people deserve to make the money they make. They deserve it, 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 the acting is a tremendous skill. It really is. I have a lot of respect for them, and it's a skill that I do not have. Well, Definitely it's evolving,
2: not. you yeah. know, it, it, over time.
1: <laughs> we're still working yeah, on it. Yeah, you played play the that. bad guy. We're still working yeah. on it. I'm doing a voice. It's I'm a doing a bad pony. guy voice. <laughs> All right, we're listening to Straight Arrow from July 18th, 1949. Crooked Trail with Howard Culver. More after these words.
4: Back
7: to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf.
1: downtown Shawburg here
2: we are definitely in the da, heart of the, the loop all here
1: state skyline studio well, in, the in beautiful Schaumburg, illinois no, we are
2: actually uh just east of michigan avenue here yeah, roger's hiding east. under the desk over there no
7: i'm not hiding i'm just like you so know, he's the mayor he's the mayor of Schaumburg. Yes, I am, and you are banned
1: <laughs> from the one block limits right. of my Shawberg. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, we're listening to Straight, Straight Arrow. Arrow Howard Culver on this uh, broadcast, sponsored by, by Nabisco. Nabisco is the name to know. They had a lot of singing commercial had a lot of singing commercials yeah, back then. You they know. Did. Back in the good old days of radio, I think they figured, well, we'll do a, we'll rhyme, and you know, and then they'll be stuck in their head, I, and then I they'll think buy that the still products. Works. I yeah. mean, those yeah.
2: little jingles are everything.
1: Yeah, T T E E L
2: Pepsident, T E L shampoo, right? Pepsodent.
1: Yeah, they they were all the kind of rhyming and
2: J E L L O Jello. Ooh, Jello. You're, you're good, Carl. <laughs> hey,
7: how's that singing career going oh, for you? He's
2: working on it. You it's right what? behind his I comedy career. I just signed career. a twenty
7: million dollar <laughs> <laughs> contract. There's something
1: behind all right. One song. <laughs> uh, all right, Well, you g-
2: keep your radio job.
1: Yeah, believe okay. me, I will. Even if I signed a twenty million dollar contract, I'd still keep my radio job. Now,
2: you say that today, but but
1: I have been fired from a lot of radio stations. Oh, I'm sure you have. So far good here. That's but
2: right. I keep you above above water There's a lot that's of true. time left.
1: <laughs> I mean, after a while it's like, I think you're that's out of part here. of
2: the radio business, and I'm though. I'm like, oh
1: man, really? Come on. That What'd just, you do? So I was just getting my sea legs for this thing here. <laughs> They're like, gonna, nope, you're out of here.
2: I'm going to keep you on the straight and arrow. Yeah. Get it?
1: I, I stay Straight arrow. Oh, wow. Ooh. Lisa. She's going to keep me on the straight <laughs> arrow. I like that. All right, speaking of that, let's get back Thank to you. <laughs> Straight Arrow.
0: Their suspicions aroused. Steve and Packy decided to poke around town and see what they could find out. At first, they had no luck. Steve, we must have been barking up the wrong tree. There ain't nothing wrong. That Denver gent must have bought that horse. I denied ever hearing of the rockin' W, Packy. And why did Burley say a man named Slagle was foreman? Huh? just talk, Steve. You got a hunch it's more than that. We've learned what Burley's reputation is since we've been here. It's not good. Eh, Keno, it sure ain't. Mighty shady character. But that don't signify Steve. We'll get the straight of it when the Rockin' W pulls into town. Oh, pardon me, gentlemen. Uh, Did I hear you mention the Rocking W? Who are you? Granger's my name. I'm a cattle buyer. Uh, Say, you're not cattle buyers, too, are you? No, we're not. Oh, you have cattle for sale, then? Nope. Just happened into town. Oh, I see. I haven't been doing well so far. I'm new at this game. But uh, at least there's one herd I'm sure of getting from my packing company, the Rocking W. I wouldn't count on it, Mister. I certainly shall. I've practically got an option from the foreman himself, a man named uh, Kincaid. Kincaid? Why? Why no? His name is Slagle. I met him here in town two weeks ago. He said, "Hucky uh, Down, hit the dirt." <laughs> ah,
4: my goodness,
0: gentlemen, gentlemen, you're you're not hurt? No, uh, we're all right. Thanks. Huh. These Chapel Towns, roistering cowboys, shooting off guns. Well, it almost looked as if he shot at you deliberately. But, of course, that's impossible. Yeah. Did you get a good look at him, Granger? No. Oh, none at all. And the less I see of any of them, the better. I'm going back to my hotel. Steve, I got a look at that varmint. Yeah, it was Denver. Chino, and it weren't no accident. He tried to gun us down. Steve, what in tarnation is going on? We'll find the answer out on the trail. Huh? Livery stable's right around the corner. Let's saddle up, partner. I want to get a look at the Rockin' W. trail herd. A good, close look.
4: There's the crew
0: sitting around the campfire. We're walking our horses right now. we got to see their faces close up. Hold up. Hold, Hold up, Go. Hold up, Packy. Big up! Steve, they got the guns out. Look, Packy, that's not Kincaid and his crew. Every one of them's a stranger. Yeah, Steve, every last one. There you go say the word, and pull full trigger. Did you hear that? Slagle. He called the boss Slagle. That's all we need to know. Hit Leather, Packy. Hit up. him! Hit Load
4: yeah. yeah. the saddle, Parker! They can't get it. Where are out range, Steve! What are we going to do? There's only one answer to that. Packy,
0: there's a mystery here, but Burley and Denver know me by sight, so I can't solve it as Steve Adams. You're
4: heading for Sundown Valley? Yeah, Packy. For Sundown Valley and the Cave of Straight Arrow.
0: <laughs> A short distance from the Broken Bow Ranch House lay Sundown Valley, and in it, through a secret entrance known only to Steve Adams and Packy, a vast subterranean cave. The walls of the cave glitter with crystals of gold. From an unknown source comes light that spreads a shimmering gleam everywhere, and standing in the glowing light is a great golden palomino. <laughs> Easy there, big heart. A Comanche bow and Comanche arrows hang on the wall. There is Comanche war paint, Comanche garb. In a moment, Steve Adams' rancher is gone. And in his place...
4: Yes, jury, it is I. Straight arrow. A
0: clatter of books in the past, golden Cave. An Indian war whoop that rings from the glittering rocks. Out into the open gallops the great golden Palomino Fury, and riding bareback, clad in Indian garb from head to toe, Great
4: Arrow on the Trail of Justice. Hello, Pussy! I'm with you, Strayer!
0: Leaving Sundown Valley in the Hidden Cave, Straight Arrow and Packy gallop along the back trail left by the Rocking W herd. In the moonlight, the red man's keen eyes can read signs that no white man can make out. Oh, steady boy! Oh, there, peaceful boy! Oh. Yeah, spotted something, Straight Arrow. There, glittering in the moonlight, empty cartridges, Packy. Ah, there was a fight, huh? The signs are several days old, but they are not difficult to read. Cattle, men ambushed, fighting. A uh, trail herd moved slow. A couple of days ago, the Rockin' W would have been right around this very spot. Yes. Here is where the attackers came down into the pass. Uh, sure they wasn't going up, steady down? No. The marks of their hoofs show their ponies were heading downhill. This pole polecat. Him and his gunslingers, huh? Yes. Kincaid was attacked. He and his trail crew taken by surprise. Then... Packy, look there. Uh, Chino. Marching the ground, moving away from the trail. Five, six horses. And notice how they go. Yeah, looks like four of them single file and two others off to one side like they held guns on them. You fit the figure that uh, Schlegel sent Kincaid and the others off with a couple of men to guard them? I am certain of it. The trail leads into the hills where it is easy to hide prisoners. And it will be just as easy to find them.
4: Up, oh, Curie! Hey, get along there! Hey, hey.
0: Several hours later, outside a small cabin in a mountain clearing. inside there are four men tied to chairs and two men guarding them. Yes, yeah. spotted him through the window. I made no sound to alarm the bad men. Now, follow me. Leave paint and fury here. We shall charge the door before the bad men know there is anyone within 50 miles of here. No,
4: you don't! Hey, Rick, get right
0: me. Let I him. will Hang let out. go. Hey, what's going on? Hey. It's an engine raid. I can make out by the fire. No, Kincaid, not a raid. You and your men need not be alarmed. We are your friends. Friends, that's mighty good news. Red man, we was dry gulched. Pole cat named Swagel. Yes, Kincaid, we already know. You already know. Say, who are you? Kincaid, this here is straight air. Straight air? Boys, you hear that? We're safe. Wait, it is not that simple. Sure, it is, Red Man. Untie us, that's all, and we'll light out after the Rockin' W. Cattle. In a few hours, the cattle will be in the loading pens at Longhorn Junction. Slagle and two men named Burley and Denver have already arranged to sell them to a buyer named Granger. Already arranged? But those are Williams' cattle. Whatever they bring belongs to Williams. Granger does not know Williams. He will buy from Slagle. Get us free. We've got to get there. Packy, their horses are outside. Untie these men. Go to Longhorn Junction at once. Keno. Do all you can to hold up the sail. We'll do it. Our... Hey, straight air, hold on. Where are you going? Went out the door. Yeah, Kincaid. Straight air!
4: Straight air! Was that
0: the red man? Where'd he go? I don't know, Kincaid. Him and Fury just lit out, that's all. But he said... Never mind. I don't know where he's heading anymore than you... But we ain't got time to powwow. The Rockin' W cattle'll be in Longhorn Junction for morning. We gotta make tracks. Toward noon the next day, the Rockin' W steers were in the loading pens and already counted. And with Burley and Denver standing by, Slagle prepared to take payment from the cattle buyer Ranger. Well, there you are, Granger. Four hundred head of prime beef. Ten dollars a head that comes to four thousand. Make sure it's cash. Yes, yes. Burley here has already told me that Mr. Williams prefers cash. Williams? Yes, Slagle, the owner of the Rock and W, your boss. Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, that's right, Granger. He likes cash. And so do I. Slagle, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your dealing with me in preference to any other buyer. I've been very anxious. Hold on oh.
7: there!
4: You, Granger, wake up! Hey, what
0: the... Earlier, it's that gent from the cafe. It's got Kincaid with him. Put in your lip, Denver. We can handle this.
4: Whoa! Oh, oh, oh. Oh.
0: Granger, oh. you ain't bought the Rockin' W. cattle yet, have you? Why, no. But uh, what business is it of yours? Man, it so happens these hombres are trying to cheat you. Those cattle are stolen. Ain't that so, Kincaid? Mr. Granger, I'm trail boss of the Rockin' W. You want to buy those cattle, you buy them from me. Huh? You? I'm afraid I don't understand. Kincaid's my name. This Slagle hombre jumped us, him and his hired hands. Jumped you? Where? I'm telling you, on the trail. While we was kept prisoner, he brought the herd in. Now they're in cahoots to grab off the safe. I, uh, I don't understand this. Slagle, I thought you represented the Rocking W.
7: Granger, Just I... Just a minute,
0: Slagle, let me handle this. Uh, Granger, you trust me, don't you? Why, of course, Burley. And I suggest you ask this King K gent for proof. Proof? Proof of what? That you represent the Rocking W. What are you talking about? Now, now, young man, Burley's right. Can you prove what you say? I don't have to prove it. It's true. <laughs> there you see, Granger, a bare-faced attempt to swindle the real representative of the Rock and W out of four thousand in cash—a confidence game, Granger. Uh, sure, that's right, Granger. Why, you and me met two weeks ago. You knew I was foreman of the Rock and W way back then. Yes, yes, of course. Burley introduced us. As for you, young man, clear out. Clear out or I'll have the law. Why, <laughs> you, every greenhorn, I ain't gonna no mind packing, No, Packy, no gunplay. <laughs> it's no use. Nobody in this town knows me. It's our word against this. And it won't stand up, young man. No, sir. Slagle brought those cattle in just like he said he would. And I'm going to pay him. Yeah. I've got gold double eagles here, Slagle. Let me see now. You said 4000 What? What? What in the name of... An arrow, a gold arrow. Knocked my money bag right out of my hand. Holes, oh, steady, curry, Slagle Burley, don't move any of you. That's uh, straight, Arrow. We're right glad you showed up. But it won't do a particle of good. That's right, Red Man. This stubborn agent won't believe me without proof. I don't have any proof. Kincaid, I brought the proof with me. Huh? What's that? What are you talking about, Red Man? Proof that Kincaid represents the rocking W? Here, read this. A letter. Yes, Burley. I, Fury and I rode many miles to bring it here. A letter from Williams, the owner of the rocking W. Read it, Granger. Hmm. Well, why? According to this, Kincaid is the foreman. It gives him complete authority to sell. And it's signed Williams. Uh, why, well, well, that's a forgery. Anybody can write a letter. I, Williams wrote that letter, Burley. But, uh, the people in this town may not know Kincaid but they know Williams.
4: Well,
0: and they have seen his signature many times. Burley, Denver, we're licked. Go for your guns. No, you do not. Pucky! No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't shoot. All right, Redman, you got us. We, we, we give up. Don't, don't, don't Drop shoot. your guns, all of you. Yeah, I'll try. Kincaid, get the sheriff. And once these men are in jail, you can sell the Rocking W. cattle and take the cash back where it belongs, to Williams and to nobody else. Red man, I sure for certain will. I don't know who'll be more grateful, me or old man Williams. Yeah, I should have known. It takes more than a bunch of slick crooks to beat out straight arrow. The old west, ride with straight arrow, and remember, Nabisco. Nabisco is the name to know for a breakfast you can't beat. Eat Nabisco shredded wheat. Again next week, same time, same station for another adventure with Straight Arrow. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
1: You know, that guy was a real straight arrow, that guy, you know? Oh, you took my joke Carl. You don't hear that one anymore, you know, too often. <laughs> hey, You don't hear that phrase very often anymore. He was a real straight arrow, that well, guy. Well, it's, you know?
2: Uh, you know, you keep him on the straight and narrow. Maybe yeah. it came from straight arrow. Who knows? It a real straight arrow. Could have arrow. evolved that way.
1: Um, N-A-B-I-S-C-O. Nabisco is the name, name to know. O. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. Crooked Trail, July 18, 1949. Howard Culver starring in that. Hope you enjoyed that.